Well, hello there. How are you doing today? Welcome along to episode 30 of the Beauty Business Podcast. Can you believe it's May already? Seems like two minutes ago, it was just the new year. And I don't know about you, but I'm still not quite used to writing 2018 after the date. My head seems stuck back there in 2017. Anyway, I'm really glad that you're here with me today. If you've just found this show on iTunes, on Facebook, on Stitcher, on Instagram, or even the old-fashioned way one of your friends emailed you and told you about it, then this is the show for the health and beauty industry, particularly you indie business owners out there. Now, I'm here to connect you to the people, the tools, the tips, and the advice to help get your beauty business. And by that, I'm including spas, beauty salons, clinics, home-based therapists, solo estheticians, mobile therapists. I'm here to get you to where you want to be with your business as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Now, if this is your first time listening, then welcome along. My name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast. And I like to say I'm on a mission to help the smaller independent businesses in the health, the wellness and beauty industry to reach their business goals through simple, practical and focused business information. You know, we're really all about the, the kind of the foundations here of building an incredible, rewarding profitable and above all stress-free beauty business because who wants a business that keeps you up at night worrying and not sleeping am i right so what do i have for you on today's episode well it's no secret that i love to bring you detailed actionable practical business buildy stuff on these podcast episodes and no matter what i'm bringing you i always aim to bring you something a little bit different in some way that you might be able to find elsewhere on the internet or in the podcast world. But occasionally, I stumble across a topic or an expert or an expert on a topic that simply no one else is talking about. And that is exactly what I have here for you today. So talking about salon design is nothing new. I know that. Loads of articles about that all over the web and in print media and on Pinterest and everywhere else. But I'm going to bet that you've never read an article about the very specific salon and spa design topic that we're talking about today. And if you have, then it was probably written by my very special guest on the show with me today. So yeah, today we're talking about waiting room design. Wait, what? Yep, you heard me, waiting room design. But before you reach for that fast forward button on your podcast app, check this out. Well, today's guest has helped her clients, other salon clinic and spa owners just like you, to redesign their waiting room areas, leading to recurring business increases and referral client increases of between 20% right up to 80%. Now you're paying attention, right? I thought so. You see, so much time is spent focusing on your treatment rooms, on your relaxation rooms, if you have one, and possibly also your retail space and your reception areas. But how many salons and spas place that same amount of time and effort focusing on their waiting area? Which is crazy when you think about it, because for any new client, this is the first experience that they have of your business. So let me introduce you to Cheryl Janice, all the way from California, to give you some insight into this fascinating topic. And don't forget to stick around to the end too, because after inspiring you to think about this topic in a new light, Cheryl has a couple of awesome giveaways to share with you to help put some of the things that we talk about in today's show into practice in your business. So what do you say? Let's get to it. Hello and a very warm welcome to Cheryl Janice. 
Hi there. Hi, Adam. I'm so excited to be on your show. Thanks for having me. No, no, it's great to have you here. Now, Cheryl, you actually reached out to me with a very lovely email, essentially offering to help the listeners of the Beauty Business Podcast with something extremely important that almost every salon, clinic, spa, pretty much any beauty business has, really, but is actually just so overlooked. And that's how your waiting room, or more precisely, the design of your waiting room, can actually help strengthen and grow your business. Now, needless to say, that really piqued my curiosity because this is something that I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking about. So I had to get on a Skype call with you. So before we really dive into the topic today, would you mind telling us a little bit more about you and how you became a designer focused on this quite specific and very much not often talked about area of, of the salon and the clinics? Sure. Well, my name is Cheryl Janice and I live in San Francisco, California, and I love it here. And I help healthcare practitioners and beauty business owners design and teach them how to design welcoming and friendly wellness environments that keep patients and clients returning and referring. And so I, how I got into this, I've been doing interior design for about 15 years and about eight or nine years ago, I got into a car wreck and injured my back and I was an interior designer. I was actually on my way back from designing a dental office and somebody was texting and they hit me and I was in the ER and then I was, you know, when you go to the emergency room, I don't know if it's like that in, in uh, your country, in England, but in the United States, going to the ER is no fun. There's harsh lights. The environment is kind of smells. There's white walls. It feels very sterile and scary. Anyway, I, in my recovery, I was helped by a natural medicine clinic and they treated me for my back injuries. So they did acupuncture. I saw an acupuncturist, a natural wellness, a natural medicine doctor, a chiropractor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And over the course of, you know, six months to a year going in there, you know, three times a week to get treatments, I started talking about my services and I started talking about their environment and saying, you know, it's just, it's, it needs this and it needs that and it's too sterile and just, you know, gently offering suggestions that they started to listen to. And so over the course of about six months, they implemented, uh, they hired me actually, and they implemented the cha- the design changes. So I helped them with their waiting room. I helped them with the treatment rooms, new colors, new lighting, you know, plants, uh, certain types of art on the walls. And in the course of six months, they tripled their business. Wow. And it was so clear that that was the reason why. So I was really excited because, you know, patients and clients were leaving notes for their practitioners saying, I love it here. I love the environment. I feel so different. I feel more relaxed, less stressed, less anxious. And so that's kind of the, you know, the diving board. It, it kind of bounced off from there. I started to specialize and I started to, word of mouth started to increase and my business kind of uh, started to expand and kind of blow up from there in a good way. And so I've worked with a lot of uh, salons and beauty business owners, estheticians and hair salon owners and managers to create an environment that does the same thing. So what over the course of, you know, eight years, I've done case studies on salons, uh, wellness environments, dental offices, physicians, really any wellness environment you can think of. And I've tracked them to see how their business has, has improved based on the environment. And 
I've written a couple books since then about how to do this on your own. But basically what I found through my case studies is that within the first six months, there's an average, this is just an average, and it's kind of on the low end of 30% growth in referral business. So it goes up to 80% Wow, is what I've seen within as short a time as two weeks. And so it, it, it kept happening over and over again. I, you know, take my clients out to lunch, you know, three months later, I'd track things and they were just overjoyed. And even in their slow times, you know, a lot of times these spas or massage or salons are kind of slow in the summer months. And I'd hear things like, oh my God, you know, people love it so much that they're coming in the off season, business is up. And so I knew I was onto something. And so I, I'm here today to talk about, to really kind of dive in and give and talk to you more in your audience about how to, what it, what is this exactly? You know, what, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we already know that, that beauty businesses, right, from, from high-end spas to uh, clinics and, and home beauty salons should offer, you know, a relaxing, restorative environment and somewhere where clients can breathe that little bit easier, get away from their day-to-day, -day, often stressful lives. But when we think about those, well, certainly me and I'm sure most other people, we tend to think of really the treatment room itself and possibly a relaxation room if, if the uh, facility has one. Um, so how can the, the decor and the layout of a waiting room make that whole experience even bigger, even better, so that, that these clients really do become loyal fans of the business. Absolutely. Well, first I want to talk about what not to do and what I think a lot of people make mistakes doing. And so generally owners and managers say, oh, I, I'm going to take what my personal tastes are. And they end up not going over very well among the patients or the clients. And nothing really ever gets said because your clients just won't really tell you that, that they don't like the space, but when they love it, they will tell you and they will tell friends. So you want to avoid colors like red and yellow in any, in any way, shape or form, you know, even if it's a light red or a light yellow, because red and yellow stimulate the nervous system. So they make you hungry. They speed you up. They make you more anxious. If you're feeling already, uh, irritable, that, that will be exacerbated. And so I've seen in some salons, they like to do reds and kind of these kind of like very highly saturated stimulating colors. And so that's actually a no-no. Um, that's a big mistake. If you instead, and it kind of is a big deal once you've already gone through the trouble of painting the walls and hiring people or doing it yourself. And you just don't have any desire to do it again. So why not do it right from the first? <laughs> so you just kind of, yeah, you just kind of stick with it. It's like, I've so, done it. I'll leave it. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, whatever. I have other, I have other problems that are bigger, more pressing. So if you think about blues and greens, they they are really so, so, such calming colors. And so science tells us that blue is one of the most calming influences in our lives. And of course, it has to be a, the right blue. It can't be like an ice blue, but there are so many blues. And I, I saw this as such a problem, so I decided to write a book about it called The Color Cure. And it, it just talks, it, it, it details and gives you a variety of colors, where to purchase them, why they, you know, why they help create a nurturing environment. Greens are a little bit tricky because you don't want them to be too yellow. If a green is mixed, if, if a green feels too yellow, then it makes people feel nauseous. So you just want to do like a, a beautiful like sage green. And I talk in more specifics. So that's the first 
thing that you can do. You want to make a big transformation and you don't want to spend that much money on it. You repaint your walls. Some people like to paint their walls in off white. Sometimes they like to do that. And I don't have anything against white. It's just that the typical whites that you see are so kind of harsh and cold, but there are some really soothing, like heavenly, you know, divinely inspired whites. Um, now that leads me into my next, I think the next biggest uh, problem that I see in salons is the lighting. I think that, you know, there's a lot of that overhead bright lights. And I know that, of course, uh, stylists need task lighting at their stations because, you know, they have to see, but it's the type of lighting. So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the types of lighting that are bad, awful, which everybody in the United States pretty probably who's listening to this knows that those overhead kind of cool or blue fluorescent tube lighting that kind of comes with the the building or comes with the the office space or the studio space that you're leasing or renting and it is it's been shown in in the country of Germany to cause and contribute to melanoma which is which is skin cancer and to induce headaches and all these uh, problems and glare that they've outlawed them. So Germany actually outlawed, banned uh, these types of lighting in their healthcare facilities. And that's amazing to me because that that hasn't happened, I don't think, anywhere else that I'm aware of. So, so instead of those lights, you want to – and sometimes you can't replace those lights because you're not the owner of the building or maybe the landlord doesn't want to pay for it. Or maybe you can't afford it. So there's a definite opportunity here. All you have to do is keep those lights off and bring in some table lamps and some floor lamps and put some bulbs in there that are not, uh, in, at least in California, they don't carry, they don't sell incandescent bulbs. The incandescent bulbs actually have halogen bulbs in them. But that you want to bring in a softer lighting. So I don't advocate a warmer, softer. Sometimes... Uh, LEDs are can can mimic incandescent lighting. I don't think compact fluorescents have achieved that. I still think they have a glare that is really awful on the body. So everything here is decorated. All the d- design ideas I'm talking about for your salon are all under the umbrella of your client experience. Your clients are your biggest marketing asset because when they come into your salon, and they feel so welcome, so invited from your design that you've created in there, then they will tell you, they will come back that, you know, they'll, they'll not just like you because you're an awesome, because you cut their hair or you give them an awesome experience that way. But there's this sort of added layer to your business. You're leveling it up. You're giving them an experience that at least here in the United States people your customers want and let's face it the the waiting room is if they're a new client it's the first thing that they experience of your actual business you know i mean i suppose there's there's the phone call there's the booking experience in the first place but when they turn up it's the first time they've been there you know this is the first experience and it really is the beginning of their treatment you know it's it's their it's their their relaxating time all that kind of thing so so absolutely right these things are so important and yet they just kind of get overlooked because there seems to be other more important things and I think when it comes to lighting as well I think often the waiting room may also double as the retail display space 
And I certainly know most product suppliers would rather have these bright, harsh lights around their products because there's no choice about it. It makes, it makes product packaging look better if it kind of shines. So there's often this kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a challenge between them. Yeah. That, you know, your clients might want a softer light, but the, the product suppliers will want theirs to be like bling shining away over there. So, so what can you, can you have both in the same area or? Yes, absolutely. So there are retail stores, big ones like Anthropology Clothing in the United States and uh, some other ones that have really hired um, wonderful merchandisers that understand uh, human psychology in the brain. And so what I'm telling you, this type of design that I'm advocating for you to do that I'm suggesting is sort of under this field called evidence-based design, which looks at the evidence to support how people respond in the built environment how what things in the environment can relax them, not just relax, but actually like release dopamine in the brain. And so certain types of artwork you have on the wall, this is including lighting, lighting. Okay. So here's the deal. Someone walks, new client, walk, new customer walks into your salon anywhere really. And within the first 15 seconds, this is just how our brain is built. will make an impression of you, a strong judgment of you and your space and your business within the first 15 seconds of being in there. Now, if they walk in and there's harsh lighting around beautiful retail products, they're not going to see your retail products. They're going to they're they're going to walk in and go they're either going to say, "I don't feel good." Why am I in a showroom? This feels <laughs> icky. Why am I this is uh uh it's loud. It's uh there's bright lights. I, there's not comfortable chairs. Um this in terms of their in specifically, but their subconscious or just their brain is going, I don't like it in here. I don't like the way it feels in my body. And so, you know, this is someone who, who is paying you a lot of money and really expects that service to be an exceptional one, an exceptional experience. So here's a secret that you 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 salon owners will want to know that's happening. There's a big trend that's happening right now where Wellness environments, including yours, are taking cues from hospitality like hotels and homes. And so when you create in your salon kind of a more living room environment that you would see at home while keeping your professionalism, then that's where you like really lock people in. Because when there's another thing that happens in the brain, when the brain sees something familiar, like the brain like I walk into a new salon and I see comfortable chairs that are arranged. There's a side table with a beautiful lamp on it with soft light and some beautiful artwork. I'm instantly remembering my brain is recognizing that I'm home because, because it reminds me of home because we all have chairs and lamps and sofas and things like that in our living room. So my amygdala response comes, goes down. So, you know, the cortisol in my brain just reduces and I'm like, ah. Oh. And so that right there within 15 seconds, you've won me over. On top of that, you know, I see a hospitality table and here's where I think salon owners can, can dial it up even more. They can take that hospitality feeling of hospitality table is where you have coffee and tea and water available for your customers. And a lot of times I see it kind of, um, kind of on the cheap. 
it just looks kind of cheap. So they're like plastic cups or styrofoam or it's just not, it's not, there's not a lot of thought or intention behind it. Now, if you instead just on top of that table, place a beautiful bouquet of flowers or plant a plant because plants are known to have therapeutic properties. Plants make people feel like they're in a luxurious space. And then you have some gourmet teas and you have some real cups on there, like the ones that people can hold in the winter. And you have some gourmet tea offerings and you got, maybe you get some cups made with colors of your branding. And it's just, it's, it's an offering that, that studies have shown people feel so grateful. And when people feel grateful that you've done something for them like this, they feel the need to reciprocate. And so that's like a biological thing that we have. So what do we do? We go out and we tell our friends and family and on social media, oh my God, I just got this cup of tea and the space and she or he is so good and I love my hair and I'm just like... It's this type of experience that you want to create, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. Ooh, hey, sorry, just wanted to interrupt for a second there to tell you about our sponsor for this episode. Now, you know how sometimes when you're running your own business, you need a bit of help now and then with a quick injection of funds. Well, this requirement can come out of nowhere, often does. And if you're wondering where to get the funding that you need to help you run your small business today, then cabbage.com might just have the answer you're looking for. You see, Cabbage helps small business owners access simple and flexible funding right away without all those headaches that come with applying for a more traditional loan. You can apply online from your phone by simply securely linking to your business information to get a quick automatic decision. There's no waiting in line, there's no scanning documents, filling in complex forms or tracking down those financial statements that you put somewhere really safe and now you can't remember where that was. So Cabbage gives you the flexibility to decide what's best for your business. Once you're approved, you choose when to use your funds and how much to take. And what's more, you'll only ever pay for the funds that you actually use. And if you're wondering how big they are, well, Cabbage has supported over 130,000 small businesses with $4 billion in funding already. If you want to find out more, simply visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business. There's no cost to apply or to set up your line of credit, so why not? And as a very special bonus, because you're a beauty business podcast listener, when you qualify for funding, you'll get a free $50 visa card for nothing that you can use anywhere on whatever you want. That's cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com forward slash beauty business. Now your line of credit is subject to credit approval, see terms and conditions, all Cabbage business loans are issued by Celtic Bank, which is a Utah chartered industrial bank and a member of the FDIC. Okay, now let's get back to today's episode. Awesome. Now, during our conversation, the, the Skype call that we had, you talked about the experience economy. Um, can you kind of give us a bit more insight to what that is and, and how salon owners and managers can use that to their benefit. Yeah, so it's just what I'm talking about. The experience economy, at least in the United States, is really growing. And so you look at, there have been lots of studies on, you know, what are the what are the two largest populations in the United States like? And the two largest population groups are the millennials and the boomers. And so these, they're listening to what they say. And so boomers want... Um, they want top service. So in all of their wellness, with all their wellness providers, including salon owners, they want to feel like they're in a five-star hotel. 
And this is the experience economy. Now, millennials are, they want, you know, they want to be able to have technology in the waiting room. They want to be able to uh, easily go on your website and make a, make another appointment. They, they also appreciate artwork. And so they also really appreciate the, the experience. And what I found from salon owners who don't uh, appeal to millennials, millennials tend to call them out. Millennials will go, you know, this is Ikea furniture. <laughs> no, so a lot of this comes back to knowing really who your clients are who you're trying to attract. Yes, exactly. And so everybody wants, so the, so the, the experience economy has been building since the nineties. It's more about the experience now than it is about the service or the price. So at least people in the United States are more willing and building into their budgets, uh, higher, higher dollar amounts for their, for their, uh, beauty needs for their wellness needs. And, this is, these are ways that you can level up and these are ways that you can serve them in a, your, your customers in a way so that you, you're tapping into this beautiful idea of the experience economy and you're able to serve in this way. And it's so exciting and positive and uplifting. And it's, so that's, that's what the experience economy is. And that's what's currently happening. I don't know if it's happening that way in England, but I imagine it is. Yep. It is. We we mirror quite a lot of things like that in terms of um, we're probably a couple of months, six months to a year, kind of behind that in terms of studies. But absolutely, it's it's the same thing that's coming in. It's it's yeah, moving away from um, the sort of environment of yeah, even like you said, living with the lights that are just there already and and making it more homely, making it more relaxing. And I think people are starting to realise that. But but like I said, it's it's. I think we're realizing it more in the treatment room and in the relaxation room, but it's not quite made it to the waiting room. I think you go into a lot of salons and they've, and they've still got, you know, they've maybe got the office chairs that they had kind of surplus from somewhere else or, Oh, we're not using those chairs anymore. Let's put those in there. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, whilst I think people put thought into it, it's the furthest down the line, you know, which is kind of crazy because it's the first thing your clients actually see. So it should probably be right at the top. <laughs> and it's not just the client customer, it's their it's their friends or family member or partners. Staff as well, I guess. That's are, it's gonna have yeah, an effect on them as well. Who are waiting in the waiting room, right? And also the staff. So I read a I read a statistic uh somewhere that said that uh over forty eight percent of uh beauty business owners say that managing and motivating staff is the most difficult aspect of running a salon. And just under that, just under that is getting new clients is the most difficult aspect. So what studies have shown is that when you, when you take care of the environment and you create a relaxing and friendly space in the way that I'm talking about, your staff is happier to be there. They love working there more. They feel it's a perk for them because they get the benefit, the psychological and physiological benefits of working there and being in that space. And they're just, their mood is, they're just happier and so they're happier to the customer. They're they're easier to get along with, and so it's a win-win. I guess it is because it's it's very much you know they they'll come into the salon or the clinic on a morning. They'll come through the waiting room usually. So again, that's the first thing they'll see the start of their working day. And yeah, or sometimes they're sitting at the reception desk, right? Yeah. And if which is in the waiting room usually. And um, you know, if they're if they're in their treatment rooms, which again is usually probably where the the majority of any sort of um, design 
money is spent. You know, if they're in their nice treatment room and, and that, and then they're constantly coming to collect their client from the waiting room, they're I guess they're constantly shifting from that lovely, relaxed, plush space into this not-so-relaxed, plush space and having to shift themselves. And it's probably unconscious, but that's going to have an effect on them every time they go from one space to the other. Right. It's really true. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Now, we've been talking about very much waiting rooms here, which is fine if you're a spa or a clinic or a larger salon and you've, you've got a designated waiting room area. But what I'm finding is a growing number of listeners are running much smaller, independent, possibly even home-based salons, mm-hmm. which can still be of a very high standard, but they may not have a, uh, a traditional designated waiting room space. So do you have any sort of design tips to help the home-based salon owner improve their experience in this sort of area? Yeah. I mean, some of the things cross over really nicely. Um, so I have, I've been seeing my hairstylist for two years. And when I first started seeing her, she was working out of her basement and she had a really strong following. Um, you know, she just built up her practice over time. And the reason she was so successful, I think one of them, besides that she's, she cuts hair phenomenally and she's wonderful. And I, I love what she does with my hair and everybody else does too, is that she, when you walk in the way that she's designed it, when you walk in, she, she takes your coat, she hangs it up for you. There's a hospitality table with um, water on it. She, there's a place for you to sit, even if it's just one chair and it's all in the same room, it's just one room. So maybe she's currently working with somebody in, in the chair and someone, her, her new customer comes in. And she has another area, just a little bit, just a little tiny area set aside where they can sit, put up their feet. She has, um, you know, all kinds of offerings for them. And they, and it's just a really comfortable chair in a really beautiful space. So that's one way that you can, you can really take advantage of, you know, your home environment. It doesn't necessarily have, you don't necessarily have to have a waiting room outside your one big room, but some, some people do. Some people have a little area outside. It might be out in the backyard if it's really nice, or it might be, um, in a little foyer, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a big space. Mm-mm. This, this, all of this can work in a, even a one, one person chair. Yeah. This, space. this woman is a one, one person chair. And so she recently just moved to a salon in the city where we are, we're in, we're in a little town called Sebastopol, which is uh, an hour and a half or just an hour north of San Francisco, the Bay Area. And uh, she has taken her waiting room and done something. You know, now she has a waiting room and she's done, done something really different. She's put in a dining room table in there. And so she, ha- she offers and she puts a bunch of chairs around it. And she has people can sit and have tea and she has cookies and she has access to, you know, internet and all kinds of stuff. So she, you know, you can do, you can sit down and it's just adorable. It has a chandelier and it's very fashionable and it's very, it's just very cute. So everybody loves it. So she did something, she did something very different. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, you can do these kind of things depending on who your, who your customers are. So Regardless, I want to tell you this, regardless of who your cust, regardless of if you have a home-based business or actual, an actual brick and mortar salon, you want to really think about who your customers are before you design the space. So I take you through, I walk you through that process in another book I wrote called The Waiting Room Care. And so some of those steps are you want to think about, you know, what age groups are they? You know, are they mostly women? 
Um, do they ever bring a partner with them or a friend? Do they need a, a place to sit? Do, do you know? Are do you serve children? So if you serve children, you may need a, a, a sep, you know, you may need some play stuff for them, something to help relax the mom or the parent while they're getting there. You know, not a babysitting thing necessarily, but some a little area you could make that could be really cute where they can sit down and draw or play with some toys. Or maybe you serve the uh, adult, older adult population, so 60 plus. And the, those people have certain issues too, like uh, they have certain eye conditions that uh, if, every, if something is like if flooring has too many pinwheel stripes on it or it's too stylized, then uh, some of the adult, older adult population suffer from eye conditions like de macular degenerative disease and that they can't see those things are like black holes. So you want to just, and you want to look at the, the culture who, what kind of, what, what, what are certain types and groups of cultures that you serve? So you may serve like the African American community, you may serve the Latino community, you may serve the Korean community. And so you want to think about their tastes and their preferences when you put art on the wall and you put uh, things in the space. You want to think about how they will use the space. So, for example, an, an older person might need might really need arms on your chairs in your waiting room because they have trouble getting up. And it's it's something so simple. But if if they're struggling every time, they're not going to want to come back. Yeah, that's that makes it's little well seemingly little things to to some people that would make a huge yeah. difference to them let me ask you this does do, we talked earlier on about colors and and how people how that makes people feel do colors vary do people's reactions to colors vary across you know from gender to socioeconomic background is is there a, a shift or is it kind of universal um the way that people react to colors it's i mean the studies have shown that green and blues are calming green reduces blood pressure the right kinds of greens, not this, not the yellow green, but the actual just kind of a sage green or different types of greens that I, I, I show in, in my book and that are really soothing. They, you know, they, they encourage us to give green is the color of nature and think about how we feel in nature. So regardless of who you are, what age group you are, gender or age group, everybody in nature feels amazing, right? In front of a water feature or in front of in the, in the forest. So that's, you're bringing in some of these elements. So when someone looks at the sky, regardless of if they're green or blue or brown or black or white, they're still good. Their brain is still going to respond. You know, we all have that, that brain that responds to colors in that way. And it's also, there's also a science around uh, the artwork that you that you decide to put in your space. So nature art has been shown to really relax people. And actually 2018, there's a trend in larger art pieces. So you might decide to put up, let's say you, let's say you have a salon in London and you have a nice big wall in your waiting room. Well, putting something of a, of a beautiful park you know, from the city, you know, that you put up big in your waiting room 
that makes people feel immediately take people away from the fact they're in the city brings them into nature exactly and it also is like oh i know that place (laughs) i'm with my people like these are yeah it's like that in or that might be the same in manhattan like put a beautiful like gorgeous print of central park and people not only love the nature the therapeutic aspect of seeing themselves in that but they also recognize it and it creates this familiarity and that makes them feel welcome. That makes them feel like they belong there. And so these are all things that you are doing behind the scenes, but that you only have to do once or whenever you redesign it. And it's it's like an assistant. It just keeps working for you over and over and over again. I love it. I think it's such a fascinating subject and you know, I'm sure we could go on for hours but I think that's a really great place to wrap things up I really appreciate you bringing this to us it's been so great it's been really interesting ever since you sort of reached out on the email and we had that chat in the first place I was like this is great I kind of love finding a new topic to discuss something that other people aren't necessarily talking about so so I really appreciate you um bringing your expertise and, and taking the time to be with me here today so I'm sure people are going to want to know a bit more about this topic if if it has piqued their interest and certainly the the percentage figures that you shared earlier on of the the shift the change that this can actually have in a business i'm sure people are going to want to find out more so if people want to get into the detail and find out more about you what's the best place to track you down on the internet my website is the best place i offer i offer if you just want to dip your toe into the water of this kind of stuff i offer a couple free five-day email courses. One of them teaches you how to choose the best paint color for your for your business. And the other one teaches you three of the top waiting room designs that will help you build your business and take it to the next level with everything that we've been talking about. These are all free. So you can go to my website, which is my full name, Cheryl Janice Designs, that's plural, so CherylJaniceDesigns.com. And I'm sure you put that in the show notes. I right? absolutely will. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So that's the best way. I, there's, I also have a podcast, uh, the Wellness Design Podcast, which focuses on it. So just go to my website and there's a lot, there'll be lots of goodies and lots of free stuff for you there just to try it out. You can read about my books there. You can. It's all there. But, I have to say, it's, it's a beautiful looking website as well. Thank it's a you, Adam. experience just, just going onto the <laughs> website. So so I encourage anyone who's just a bit stressed, go look at the website. It calmed me down straight away. So um, so I have to say yeah. the website itself is, is, is lovely to look at. Thank you. And thank you for having me here. It's been fun talking about this no, it's subject been, it's I love. Been great. Yes. Yeah. No, wonderful. Well, once again, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here today. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Well, bye for now. Bye. There you go. Really interesting, right? Who would have thought that simply putting that little bit of effort into the design, the look, the feel, the ambience of your waiting room could have such dramatic effects on how your clients feel and how often they visit and whether they tell their friends about you. Seriously worth looking into, isn't it? And as we mentioned there, Cheryl has a couple of great free tools on her website to help you learn more and apply some of these teachings to your own business. Now, all the links that we mentioned in the show today can be found on the show notes pages, which you can find at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 30. 
Now, thank you so much for listening along today. I know how busy you all are and how precious time can be these days. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show all the way through. Now, I like to read out recent podcast review each week. And this season, we've been on a bit of a world tour. And today is no different as we head to Australia and to an Australian iTunes podcast listener. Cat from Sydney all the way over there in Australia. How many more times can I say Australia? Kat says, as a massage therapist, I find selling my services, and I'm not even mentioning products here, an extremely painful experience. I must say, the more I listen to Adam's podcasts, my thought processes around this unpopular business side of my profession is starting to shift to a much healthier and exciting approach. Adam provides his listeners with very practical information, which just fills the gaps that us practitioners are so often struggling with. Furthermore, his podcast is so easy to digest, his voice is pleasant to listen to, the conversations with his guests are flawless and fun, sound is clear and sharp, great value and time well spent. Well, thanks Kat. I'm really genuinely so pleased to have helped you shift your mindset around selling your services. It makes all the difference in your business when you come only from a place of real confidence. So really well done about that. Oh, Thanks for noticing the sound quality too. We do spend quite a lot of time making sure the podcast sounds great as well as being value packed. So I really appreciate that. Now, I'd really love you, if you're listening, to leave the show a rating and or a review if you found value in today's episode or in one of the other episodes and you came back for more. Now, I know it's easy to forget to do, so why not do it now? Pop over to iTunes, leave me a review for the show. It's easy peasy. You can do it from your phone, from your iPad, from your computer. And it really helps me to know that I'm delivering useful, valuable information that you enjoy. Plus, it helps those other beauty business owners who might be looking for a podcast to help them grow their business to find the show. And seeing that positive review might just mean they take the time to listen. You never know. You might also get your review read out on a future episode. So if you don't mind, keep it clean. Now, remember, once again, you can find all the links that we mentioned in the show today at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 30. Now, normally at this point, I tease next week's episode, but we've got a couple of episodes that we can choose from to put out next week, and my team and I haven't quite decided which one we're going to go with yet. So it's going to be a surprise, a surprise for you and a surprise for us as well, I suppose. So until next week, it's bye from me for now.